Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Nathan Herndon. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app, our website, for ways to give. Okay, friends, how are we doing? Doing okay? I know it's after 11.30, so um, uh, I'll adapt uh, as I go here today, but I've got something on my heart that is, actually they're giving me 35 minutes, uh, but uh, uh, I won't use it. Uh, but I've got something on my heart that even in the, just, just the next few moments, I, I feel like even if I give you the Cliff's Notes here that you need to hear it today, we are in a, a series uh, called Being a Man. It's a series on biblical masculinity, and it's a, um, a topic that is hugely important, right? Can I get someone just to say that is it's very, very important. And so we started last week talking about the importance of it. We read some statistics that now in our society, most children are raised um, in a fatherless home. Um, what that is doing to our culture and the world is, uh, is not good. And uh, dads are important. The father's voice is important. And so in Matthew chapter 3, is, you can open your Bibles to there. That's, uh, that's where we were. And you actually hear the father's voice modeling what we are called to do to our sons and daughters. And so I'm just reading that here. It's Matthew chapter 3. Uh, verse 17, it says, And behold, a voice, that's the Father's voice from heaven, said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now, those aren't just words that the Father just kind of said real quick, uh, uh, ceremonially. Those were words that had, every word has massive weight to it. This is my beloved Son. And those are the, my beloved Son, were the three words that we talked about last week. Mine, the Father is saying, this Son is mine. I'm, I, he, he belongs with me. And, and not in Jesus' context, but in our context, I think we need to hear this, this no matter how far we've run from our Father. Um, the Father says, if we're in Christ, he calls us ours. Amen? Uh, and this is what fathers do. The fathers are, are not ashamed to call their sons and daughters mine. Okay? And this is my beloved. A boy cannot become a man if he does not know that he was the apple of his father's eye. And this is something that is so, 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 so important for us to get. And this is my beloved son. So fathers speak identity to sons and daughters. And, and we said this, that masculinity is bestowed. You do not become a man when you turn 18. You do not become a man when you get married. You do not become a, a, a man just be, uh, because you were 40. It is not an age thing. It's a spiritual thing that men become men when masculinity is bestowed on them from one man to the next. Now, uh, hopefully that is a father, but it doesn't have to be a father. So many people, they just don't have a dad. And I don't want I, I, I to discourage you if that is your case because you can become a man. Masculinity can be bestowed on you um, from a community of real men. And that is why the church is so important. And really, do you know what, what happened here this morning and the craziness of it? Um, this is in the messiness of it. This is, I, I love kids running off and, you know, just doing This is how life is. This is not a performance. This is not staged. This is just how life is. And the importance of, you know, you all made a promise to these people. And this is why church can't be about shopping for the coolest church. It is about community. It is about family. This is what, all right, Jesus Church is a family church where we promise this family, hey, we're with you in the fight. When we see your kids in the foyer, when we have you over to our house, we're going to be, we're going to be a voice in their life to partner with yours, all right? So that's why it is so important. So these are the three things we talked about. This is my beloved son, super important, but I just want for the, the next few moments, I want to talk about the second half of, of the Father's sermon here. 
the father's declaration over the son. This is my beloved son, but then he says, with whom I am well pleased. Now, I want to talk about with whom I am well pleased because, and, I'm, and forgive me for a second because I'm definitely not planning. I, I just came back from a mission strip this week, all right? I've been working so hard on my, if I knew I wouldn't have time to preach, I wouldn't have worked so hard. But anyway, it was, uh, it was just, uh, I guess that was just for me. But, but the reason this is so important is, is because this is significant because it's speaking to the question of every man's heart. Every man's heart asks a question, and it asks a question that was actually put there by God to be answered by other men. Okay, let me tell you this. This question in a man's heart cannot be answered by moms, as great as moms are. Okay, femininity does not bestow masculinity. You have to hear this. Moms, like, and you, you can try to do this, but you will not succeed. The best thing that you can do, moms, if you want to see your boys become men, is that you need to find real men and push them towards, push your sons towards them. That is what you need to do. All right? You cannot try to be a man because you are not one. You need to be a mom. Children need moms, all right? And so you have a massive role to play, but your role is not, is not making a man, okay? Let me just tell you this. Let's go off script for a second. We don't have time anyway. So listen to this. Back in the day, there's so many cultures that, that children were raised by the moms, but when the boys got to be about 12, 13, 14, at night, the community of men would come for the boys with torches and call the young men, the boys, out from under their mother's care and call them into manhood. All right? It was scary and possibly traumatizing. I don't know. But what I do know is they were, they were, taking, they were taking the initiation and the process of becoming a man seriously. You're not a man just because you can vote. You're not a man just because you can go to war. How many boys have we sent to war? All right, you, you are a man when the men call you into masculinity and tell you you are. My son is 16, all right, and uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's going to be the best man I know, declaring it right now, all right, but I need to tell him when he is one. Do you get this? Being male doesn't make you a man, all right? Being male does not make you a man. I think that we have lost the initiation and we have lost what it is to become a man. In fact, I think when it is quiet and when we are honest, most of us, guys, and I, I'm almost 44 years old, all right? And most of us don't know if we're uh, a man or not. And we are scared to death to be put in a situation where a man is needed because it might expose our wound. All right? Okay? So many times we, we're living in this place and a lot of the trucks that we drive and a lot of the jobs that we have and a lot of the, the toys that we buy are just a facade to help people think we're men because, man, we want to be one, right? But so many times those are the, the facade and we're scared to death to be put in a situation where a man is needed. All right, and so the question here that the father, the, or the, what the father is speaking over the son, he's saying, this is my beloved son, with him I am well pleased. With him I am well pleased is the answer to the masculine question. And the masculine question that the father was answering because he put the question in a man's heart is, are you pleased with me? Or in other words, what I'm borrowing from John Eldridge here, who's a Christian counselor. He says, here's what a man asks deep in his heart. Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? 
Now, I was going through some pictures, and I almost threw this uh, on the screen, but I'm just not today um, because uh, for multiple reasons. But I was going through pictures, and I actually found a picture of, of my brother Philip when Philip was about like six or seven years old with his shirt off doing this pose, all right? And then I, I saw, it was interesting because I, I saw a, another picture of my son, same age, same pose. And what, what struck me is I, uh, I saw both of their faces and when I looked in their faces, not the, you know, not the little kid kind of chubby, kind of like, oh, isn't that cute? I saw in their faces the question. It's interesting. Look at those pictures, guys. Lots of times the kids aren't goofing around. Lots of, kids when, lots of times when kids are doing this, they're taking off their shirt. That's why men are afraid to take off their shirts. All right? I, I'm always amazed at the chubby, hairy guys at the beach, all right? <laughs> that they're not afraid. Well, why not? Because, listen, guys, don't let anyone fool you. Men, because this, they want to be seen as strong, all right? And so, but it's interesting. You look at these pictures, and, and the question that God put on men's hearts is in children's faces, am I strong, Dad? Do I have what it takes? I read a story uh, about a, uh, a dad who took his son out rock climbing and his son, to make a long story short, he got caught on a cliff and he couldn't get up it. And the dad, the dad was at the bottom kind of holding the rope and he said, you know what, son? I know another cliff. It's a little bit easier. It'll be a whole lot more fun. And the, and the son yelled down. He's about 12 years old. He yelled down, dad, I've got to do this. And so the dad coached him. He said, okay. He goes, there comes a time in a boy's life where he has to face hard things and he can't, he can't scale down, he has to ascend. And so he, the dad coached him through and he made it. And then the confidence that welled up in this boy's heart after he got over what he almost quit, he, he just began to climb like a man. And the, so the dad was just encouraging this, wow, man, you're doing great. Good job. Whoa. And then he yells at his son, you're a wild man up there. All right. Well, the son had a brother. And once the, the son that, you know, ascended the, the tough part when he got down and his little brother was climbing now, he leans up next to his dad and he says, dad, did you really think I was a wild man up there? And listen to this now, because this, this story came right out of this book. I, I, I want to I read this. Dad, did you really think I was a wild man up there? He whispers to his dad. Listen to this. Miss that moment and you will miss a boy's heart forever. That is not a question. It is not a child question. It is the question a boy asks. Dad, did you really think I was a wild man up there? In other words, did you think I was strong? Did you think I was good? Do you, do you Dad, really think that I have what it takes? Miss that moment. You'll miss a boy's heart forever. It's not a question. It's the question, the one every boy and man is longing to ask. Do I have what it takes? Am I powerful? Listen, until a man knows he's a man, he will forever be trying to prove he is one. While at the same time, shrink from anything that might reveal he is not. Most men live their lives haunted by, by the question or crippled by the answer they've been given. Do you know that we live in a, in a society and we live in a culture where, where, uh, mo, uh, where that question is being asked and we don't recognize that it is the question and so most men are not actually men so they don't have the capacity to answer the question but what they do have is anger, frustration, bitterness, and shame and so they usually respond in such. So when the boys ask the question, insecure dads, 
respond with, that's how women operate. Or that, you know that, why are you asking questions? Feelings don't matter. And so in other words, it's shame. And I want to tell you, the father doesn't speak shame over the son. All right? He says, I am well pleased with my son. Dads, if you don't know how to parent, honestly, man, I thought I was a good parent when my kids were little. Uh, little. When my kids became teenagers, I was like, I have no stinking clue what I am stinking doing. All right? But listen, if you don't know what to do, at least the, recognize the sole question, the heart question in your sons and daughters, because the daughters have a question too, but we're talking about men right now. Recognize the question in your son's hearts and respond with pleasure rather than pain. Re uh, respond with encouragement rather than shame. Okay? So when the father says, with you, I am well pleased, I am recommending this morning that that statement is more than just nice. It is, that statement is the answer to the question of a man's heart, and that question must be answered by fathers. It must be answered by men. All right, moms, if you go home and you start saying, you have what it takes, and you have a, it, listen, it is not going to work. I, I, I trust your heart, but it won't work. It won't work. It has to be answered by fathers. It has to be answered by dad or a community of men. And it's going to have to be answered more than once. It's going to have to be answered more than 100 times. It's going to have to be answered thousands of times. Like, this is the way you're going to live. If you want your sons to become men, if you want to bestow masculinity, you can't have one good time. For the rest of your life, you're going to have to answer this question a thousand times in a thousand different ways. It's going to take intentionality. It's going to take your whole life. But don't, it, it, we can't lose honor and legacy in our culture. All right? There's a, make a massive mistake. Now, let's just talk about this just for, for one moment, and then I'm going to end. But we make a massive mistake, man. Let's, let's say that we've got a 30-year-old 30 30 male. All right? We make a massive mistake. That when that, that question hasn't been answered by dads or a community of men, the mistake comes often when we take that question to women. It's usually not our moms. It, it's, it's usually the woman we're dating or the woman we, we want to marry. And rejection can come in. Can I tell you this? Um, you know, we talk about, did you pop the question? And the question is, will you marry me? But that is not the question. The question is, do I have what it takes? And you have to know the answer before you're married. Okay? So how do I know when it's time to get married? Well, it's time to get married when masculinity has been bestowed on you, so you're not using your wife to answer the question. You are giving your strength to her so she can settle in and have a good time. You see that? You, how many women are burdened down and bothered because their men aren't men, but they so want to be one, and the husband is trying to use his wife's beauty to answer the question? The, father, the, the husband is trying to use the wife to answer the question, and the men listen to this. Knock it off. She can't. You have to have your question answered 
and then you have to give your strength to your wife. That's how it works. How many broken hearts have women had? Because some guy with a big truck comes pulling in, he acts like a man, he kind of talks like a man because he wants to be a man, but he's not one, but he gives off that vibe. Then they get married or they get in some kind of relationship and he just uses and abuses. Guys, listen, if your marriage is bad, why don't you take it on yourself to actually say, Father, I'm not a man, I'm trying to use this woman and she can't answer my question, only you can't. Think about that. Just, do you know that being a man is, being, is taking responsibility? If something's going wrong in your world, listen, here's the best thing you can do is like, that's on me. Okay. And, and I'm not trying to figure out whose fault it is. I'm not blaming this. I'm not blaming that. I blame that. And this started in the garden. Eve eats the fruit and, and the husband blames God. Well, the woman you gave me. That we're, we're seeing the battle from the start, guys. From the start, men, take responsibility. Say, of your home, of your kingdom, right? And so what happens when, when, that, when, the, when the men don't have their question answers is they begin to be wounders because they have been wounded. And the wound comes when men feel that their fathers were ashamed of them instead of pleased with them. The wound comes when men feel that they were pushed away instead of delighted in as a child, as a boy. There's stages to masculine, masculine development. We're going to talk about this um, in two weeks. I'm going to talk about this in two weeks. But one of the stages is boyhood. And in boyhood, boys just need to be able to build forts and knock them down, be wild and crazy, catch snakes and bite them. You know, bite the snake this time, right? Um, that, and, but they need to, the big question is, I'm the apple of my father's eye and I know it. You can't, like most men are still in that stage. Emotionally. That's like worship gets emotional and men just want to run. I just want to get out of here. I want to get back to my antlers. <laughs> they don't make me feel weird. Right? And so like it starts getting, a bit because your emotions are screwed up, jacked up in a million different ways. You don't know how to feel right because you never felt loved by your dad, all right? And God wants to initiate you so your heart is open to the love of the Father again. And that, and that, is, that is scary if you haven't been initiated as a man or if you've never really felt the love of, of dad, all right? So many times boys uh, grow up hearing this, you'll never amount to anything, you're a wimp, you're a mama's boy, or... I've got some really kind of derogatory slang things too that I almost felt like, this isn't supposed to be funny, I almost felt like I should share it from stage, you know, because you're not supposed to talk like this in church. Well, let me share the easiest one, like grow a pair, all right, grow a pair. This is, that is one of the worst things that you can say to a boy, because basically what you're saying is you're not a man, you don't have what it takes, all right? And it goes on from there. So, or how about this one? The only thing that you can, that, that's worse than grow up here is when dad says absolutely nothing and the silence speaks. What a boy needed to hear the father's voice, when a boy needed to hear dad's voice, or when a boy needed to hear a community of men's voice, there were no men to speak. All right? It's, it's really, really massive. L listen to this. I just want, I want to share this with you. Um, there it is. 
The crucial thing about the stage of the beloved son, any of the stages for, for that matter, is that it not be cut short, assaulted, unfinished, stolen in any way. We were meant to move on with the help of our fathers into the next stage of masculine initiation. Far more often than not, this stage is stolen. Listen to this. A boy's heart is wounded in many ways. He's wounded, wounded when he does not live in a world made safe by his father, when he is not free to explore and dare and simply be a boy, when he is forced to grow up too soon. He is wounded when he does not have that world, but it ends with a sudden loss of innocence. And most especially, a boy is wounded to the core when he does not know that he is the beloved son. Sometimes the wounding is intentional. Oftentimes it is not. But this is the story of many a boy and many a man reading this book, living in the, in the world we have so far from the garden. Listen to this. I, I want you to hear this. I remember a young man I counseled years ago. He was bright and gifted, but also far too serious and driven, a perfectionist. When he was 12, his father left, walked out the door, never to return, and the boy needed to go to work to help make ends meet. He cut the grass for neighbors. He found odd jobs to do after school. Listen, we would actually, we would applaud that these days. We're clueless instead of cut to the heart. Like, yes, right. When you see an 11-year-old boy trying to be a man, that's not good. (laughs) All right? He cut the grass for neighbors, found odd jobs to do after school. Summers, he worked as a lifeguard at the local pool. He told me he never got to play during the summer, never went out for ice cream with his friends, never joined them all when they went down to the swimming hole. But, But he made Eagle Scout, got excellent grades, worked hard. And no one saw the tragedy of it all. A boy trying to play the man. The world on his shoulders. You don't want to force the boy to grow up too soon. And this is exactly what we're doing, men. We're celebrating what should not be celebrated. We're putting pressure on children where it should not be put. What, sh- what boys need to hear from their dads is you are special to me. I believe in you, you are mine, you're the apple of my eye, you're a boy, not a girl, not a cat, not a dog, not anything but my son that I love. So important, guys. I think, I think it, you know, often what, what people really need to hear, or what boys really need to hear, is that they need to hear that my dad's willing to make me safe. And making me safe is, is hard. There's emotional safety. There, there's physical safety. I remember when my son was playing basketball out back, it was March, so there's still kind of some snow on the ground, but it kind of melted and refroze and melted and refroze. So it's this weird Pennsylvania snow mess, you know, that kind of turns into concrete. But I remember he was out back, it was March, it was kind of maybe like a 50 degree day, so he was out shooting hoops and two kids from the neighborhood that were older than my son came in to play with him. And uh, they decided that those two were going to team up against my son. All right, now these guys need dads. You don't do that. (laughs) But I'm watching from the window, and I'm letting this happen. This is happening under my my watchful eye. My son has the the heart of a lion. (laughs) He said, okay, let's go. (laughs) He's like fifth grade. These guys are like, you know, freshmen. And he's taking them on. You know, they're blocking a shot. As it's rolling down the street, they're making him run for it. I'm, I'm starting to get angry, all right? 
and they're taking advantage of my son. They're not letting him shoot. He's still playing like a champion. They're, like, they're making fun of him. They're laughing. They're using him. And then one of them grabbed my plastic shovel and he tried to dig with it. He doesn't have a dad to know like this shovel you push, you push snow with, you don't dig with it. And he broke my shovel. And so what I did is I opened the window and I, and I yelled out the window, I've had enough. Stay right there. Well, these guys ran. <laughs> and I came out and I saw my son standing there. He's just been used and abused, all right? He just watched you know, neighborhood kids like actually harm our property. And God knows what happened to his heart, right? So I was just like, not on my watch. And I'm running towards the back door because I was watching from upstairs. I'm running towards the back door. And I don't even know what I'm going to do when I get out there. Get out there. But it's like the heart of the father was like, do something. Don't watch this. You can't watch this. You have to do something. This is my heart. This is my heart. And so the boys were running away. And I, I shouted across the neighborhood, yo, homeboys, get back here. <laughs> and they turned around and said, yes, you too. Get back here. And they walk back here. And, I, and I, here's what I told them. I, I'll never forget this. I said, I watched you guys take advantage of my son. My son is a prince in my house. I told him. <laughs> it gets me. He said, you will never come to my house. You can come to my house for dinner. You can come to my house for any. You will never come to my house and take advantage of my family. And I said, listen to this. I said, I think I, I, you two could be good men, but men don't break people's property, then run. So you owe me for my shovel. They never paid, but I told them. <laughs> what, the reason I'm saying this, guys, is I want you to hear it. The ways that you were wounded, the ways that you were taken advantage of, when you never had a man willing to even imperfectly step in and say, wait a second, I see you and you matter and that wasn't right and I'm going to make your world safe. All right? If you never had that, the Father wants to do that for you this morning. The Father wants, and I'm telling you, in the spiritual realm, the Father was not happy with what happened to you. All right? He was not, this is a broken, messed up world. God didn't do it to you. He hurt with you. He was there with you in the midst of that. Whatever have that wound where you heard that, you know, someone said, grow a pair. You're not even, I know girls that could beat your team. If I ever hear a coach, like, tie me up, all right, or I'm going to jail. Seriously. Like, you don't tell boys that girls can beat them. You don't do that. This is, you're not a man if you do that. You don't understand masculinity at all, all right? So that what has to happen is we have to become a, a, a church that models the Father's heart. And listen, men... The, maybe you didn't have a father. Do you know who wants to be your, your dad? The father. <laughs> the father wants to father you. Man, like every man here has been failed by their dad. I, I, every man, no one gets out scot-free. And the father wants to father you. He wants to speak over you. He wants to say, this is, let me tell you this. Listen, many of us think that God was ashamed of us. And so that's why he sent his son to die on the cross for us because we're just so disgusting to him. And then we just get to be like angels or servants in his kingdom. That is not the gospel. All right? And in fact, I would say this, and this is going to, be, this is going to sound crazy, but think of it theologically for a second. The goal wasn't just so you would be forgiven and not disgusting to God. The goal is that you will be forgiven so you can be adopted into the family. The, the goal was belonging. The goal was nearness. The goal was restoration. The goal is you were once an alien, a stranger, and now, because of the cross, listen, you can be a son or a daughter. 
And many people, many, many men and many women just think they're so disgusting that God forgave them, but he still doesn't like them. I want to tell you, God not only likes you, but he wants you. And he not only wants you just to be like an angel. We're better than angels. Angels wish they could be us. You have to hear this, theologically speaking. That this is why you don't bow down to an angel if one appears. That they're here to serve us. Do you know why? Angels, Jesus didn't die for angels. He died for human beings made in his image. And, and he, he is redeeming us and restoring us back, not just to be servants in his house, but sons and daughters in his kingdom, you see. So I just wonder, if, if, anyone's, if anyone's here today, and you've just been re- resisting God because you just, think, you just don't get him. All right, listen to this. God is a father, and he wants you as his daughters and sons. And he has, paid for, he has paid the ransom price, the adoption price for you, and the price was his son's, this is family, his son's life. But his son didn't stay dead. He was raised again by his father, never to die again. And, what, and you don't perform for your dad. You just receive your dad's adoption through faith. It's called faith. I think many people say, oh, I believe in God. You might believe that God exists, but you are not actually in Christ. If I had a chair right here, all right, I can believe that the chair holds me, but that is actually not what faith is. Faith is sitting on the chair, being in the chair. How many of you believe that the chair will hold you or that God exists, but you've never actually put everything in on that? You ever hear the story about the guy uh, on, the, on the line across uh, Niagara Falls? And he's doing wear, wheelbarrows and everything on that. And, and he's as a crowd. And every, he's like, how many people think that I can do this? Yeah, how many people think I can do that? All right, yeah. How many people are willing to ride on my shoulders? Nobody. Faith is getting on the guy's shoulders. And Jesus says, hey, hey, I've died that you can live. I've died that you can live. I want you to... Everything you've got, I want you to give to me. And that is faith. Treasure me high above all things. I promise you, God, being a son in God's house is, is way better than trying to figure out how to feel manly down here. I promise you. All right. So just close your eyes for, just for one moment. Hold out your hands. Father, this question that we're asking in our heart is way deeper. Way deeper than we even know. It's way deeper than trucks. It's way deeper than meat way deeper than relationships. Man, it's so deep, God. God, it's the, it's the very few that have had a man in their life that's been able to answer this question in a way that's consistent with your heart. God, thinks that those times are changing. Thinks that you're doing a a revival of masculinity in our day. And so God, I just pray that you would start now. It doesn't, it doesn't have, but God, we're not asking for elaborate. God, we're just asking for real. God, that you would begin to call men home to the heart of the Father and then initiate them as men. God, do this. Do this. I just pray for boys, children. I just pray, God, for the, the blessing, the massive blessing of of uh, Elijah turning the hearts of the father to the children and the children to their fathers. I pray for relationships between sons and fathers, daughters and fathers, God. Restoration, health, wholeness. God, I just pray rich blessings 
over your church in these days, God. I just pray that we would, we would receive your initiation into masculinity or your uh, initiation into femininity, God, if we're women. So God, we bless you, we bless you. We're so glad, God, we're so glad that the truest thing we can say if we're in Christ, the truest thing we can say about ourselves is, I may not be the most gifted, I may not be the most talented, don't have the greatest resume, but I belong to my Father. I'm a prince in his house. God, just let that get to the depths of us. We bless you, we praise you. And we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org. Thank you.